so you're going uh, so like are you are you giving like a presentation or a panel? Or yeah, yeah, I'm on a panel. So they've got they've got me uh, in um, in or like along with uh, one of my colleagues, which is cool. And we are going to talk about like video games and um, like uh, and and basically like how video games can be used as a like a form of pedagogy, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, uh, which I, I feel bad because Paradox has like a whole range of games, right? And uh, Brett mm-hmm. DeVoe, who is my counterpart, he um, he specializes in like Rome, um, mm-hmm. but he plays everything. So he's got a really good idea of all the games. And he so he can be like, yeah, like this about like Victoria and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I only know about Crusader Kings. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's going to be, uh, I'm going to be like the poor man at the table. But basically... Um, what I'm going to be talking about is like why I think in particular, well, I mean, video games generally, like more and more people are kind of thinking about video games as a way to kind of teach about history. Um, but more particularly why I think Crusader Kings is, is very good for that. And I would mm-hmm. say like of the medieval games, like uh, Crusader Kings is super good because it introduces a lot of ideas. Uh, and it's quite funny because I didn't, like, I didn't know about, Crus- I didn't know about no Crusader Kings until a few years ago, and I um, <laughs> found out about it like because uh, someone contacted my blog. I think this was like someone wrote in a question and was like, "Hey, so I, I was just wondering why do Basque people have agnetic succession? Um, and agnetic succession is when the uh, like the an eldest daughter uh, mm-hmm. get, gets everything." And I was like. Did Basque people have agnetic succession? What the f- so I like, I was like, damn, really? Like, I go look it up, um, and then I go, I go and look around it. And it turns out it's not true. It turns out that um, Basque people in varying regions have, they all have different forms of succession. So there's mm-hmm. all kinds of different ones in all different pockets. But fairly commonly, one of the things that would happen is that um, a parent could choose who their heir was going to be. So they could mm. say, I'm going with this one. So And, and that could go to da- daughters as well. And I was like, so I answered the person. I was like, yeah, this is this is the case. It's not, there wasn't agnetic succession. I was like, where did this come from? And then I realized it was Crusader Kings 2. Because <laughs> uh, I, like, after, like, Googling around, because I was like, where did this come from? And, I, and at first I was kind of like, oh, that's not great, is it? But then... My the way that I think about it now is I'm like well actually it got someone to fucking think about agnetic succession yeah. <laughs> like as a concept and so like I'm not complaining right like the great majority of people uh you know don't get to learn about medieval history right yeah. right yeah. like it took me going to college and you know being like hell yeah I'm gonna take a medieval history class because I don't know anything about that like I know the bare bones from high school and yeah. unless unless you do that like basically unless you major in history in college and even then decide that you want to do medieval history like because that's then a decision that you've got to make most people just don't know anything about it and Mm -hmm. that lets so that means that like by the the time i get like you know my students at university and stuff like that a lot of them the only way they've really had a chance to learn about medieval history is from video games so yeah so even if it's not entirely perfect i don't really care because it's something yeah, it's one of those things um, that, like, on first blush, I'm like, come on. Like, really? But at the same time, but then I think about it for myself, and I'm like, 
I didn't know what agnetic succession was before mm-hmm. like before I had to like look up this stuff when I tried to play it you know I didn't know what a, I didn't know what gravelkin was I didn't you know and and, and like it, it, it's not that I was uh that I didn't care but mm. like uh, they didn't I mean they don't really teach that stuff in like you know, history, world history 101, or even, you know, like, even like, you know, even if you take like a European history class, like, Mm, I mean, mm. like, it's, you know, it's a lot broader than that. So it's one of those things where like, um, I don't know if you remember, but like a month or so ago, there was someone who was like, I learned about the Tulsa race riots from Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Watchmen. And I learned about sundown towns from, uh, ah, shit, what's that show? Uh, Lovecraft Lovecraft Country. Country. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. And, like at first i'm like come the fuck on like mm. yeah like i mean but then i i take a step back and i'm like well the american educational system does not like it doesn't prepare people that well for like um you know for like for stuff like that we never talked about of course we never talked about the tulsa race riots yeah. um and the only reason I knew about sundown towns was because the place where I lived in North Georgia was like close to the Alabama state line. And there were still some towns in, like in uh, Alabama that still had like that. They were like unofficial sundown towns at the time. Like, Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I mean, it's one of those things where like I kind of like blanch at it because uh, you know like oh you know you should be more serious than that but then at the same time i'm like i just go and look up stuff that i get ideas from uh you know from tv shows or movies Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. or books all the time like i'll just go look oh what's the real world version of this or like what is it based on and so it's like you know and i mean you can't know everything but at the same time like information comes to us i guess almost in a lot of ways via osmosis now because you just have so much of it coming at you th- mm-hmm. at all the time mm-hmm. and i get you get it where you get it i guess i mean like you know I, I, that's how that's how it appears to me like i guess like you know <laughs> I, yeah. I, would have, yeah. I would have no idea what any of these succession types were i was like oh yeah i gotta play this video game <laughs> now i have to figure out like what does that mean <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but so like and, and no i think you're totally right there because it, it's sort of like especially you know well all educational systems you know what what they do is you know by by their very nature they are kind of um educating you in the way that the government wants you to be educated okay mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't mean that in a kind of like conspiracy theory way right, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we see this, for example, in the pushback against like AP U.S. history teaching you that slavery was bad, actually, and how yeah. like you're not supposed to teach that anymore. And like that kind of happening in Oklahoma, ironically, um, and, and, and places such as that. So, you know, for example, textbooks are a really fraught field that are incredibly, mm-hmm. um, like, it's incredibly political. So, like, what goes mm-hmm. into a textbook, because people see textbooks as neutral, and they are inherently not. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is one of the things about medieval history, right, is it's never going to come up in a curriculum, because yeah. it's not useful to the kind of, like, modern capitalist way of thinking about things. Right. Because, you know, what what we need to do is we need to say, oh, actually, slave empires are what's good. And like that's mm-hmm. that's good. So you shouldn't pay attention to medieval history because it's it, it, it adds it asks too many questions 
you know, about like what a world might be that doesn't involve kind of like, you know, the wholesale slaughter of innocence and ever-growing expansion and, that, and that's in some such things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that the medieval period doesn't feature that as well because it does, but you know. So like, frankly, I'm going to take anybody who wants to come on board with me for this. So it's like, hey, if you get into Arthuriana because you watched The Green Knight, fantastic. If you really like, uh, you know, Crusader Kings, so you start reading medieval history books, wonderful. I don't give a fuck, homie. <laughs> like, especially because I think that, you know, um, one of the things is that uh, people are actually quite smart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like, sure, within things... Um, you know, if there's an incorrect piece of information, people can kind of, like, take this on. Sure, mm-hmm. that, that's po- that's possible. But, you know, I think that my, this, how I, the, the guy I found out about Crusader Kings from, you know, kind of proves this, where it's like he saw that there was agnetic succession, and you know what he did? Went and asked a medieval historian about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah. he's savvy enough to say, okay, but actually, let me just go check in on this, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I, I think I think a lot of times we, like, um we pick out one aspect of the thing and we decide that it is like it, it there so so for example like in crusader kings like you can have like wild shit happen like you know a pig becomes the the king or or whatever like just stuff like that can happen as like in-game mechanics and people obviously know that like you know, you didn't have a pig or a rooster or whatever it is becoming king back then. But, like, people, you know, will be like, oh, well, it's got this in it. So, like, obviously it can't be trusted. And it's like, I mean, on the one hand, I mean, it can't be trusted as, like, a way to be like, yes, in 1294, the leader of England was, uh, you know, uh, a terrier named Fred. You know, like, obviously. <laughs> but, like... But 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 what what you're saying shows that like people can like pick out like the 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 obvious fiction, the obvious silliness mm-hmm. from the things that at least sound plausibly historical, you know, like you you know, who knows what at you know, agniatic means or primogeniture like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. unless you know, like I mean you might pick like I pick up primogeniture from like fantasy novels, but like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't have any idea to know what that means if I didn't. You totally, know, so it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, people can be, yeah, you're exactly right. People pick that stuff out and they you know, and it's like, Oh yeah, cool. That's uh you know that you know that's real and you know the guy's not like also tell me about you know the the rooster that was the king of united ireland in you know 1105 or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i uh it's cool yeah i reckon I it's like cool that, i yeah. like that people learn about it from that i also was looking at their website and noticed that you uh are you you have the highest you and and your your co uh presenter here have the highest billing on their on their events uh page website so yeah well i mean that's the thing like i mean i I really have a lot of time for paradox because they're trying yeah yeah that's awesome yeah yeah it's really exciting so yeah i'm looking forward to it i've got a little presentation i got some cute little pictures and stuff yeah yeah Yeah, maybe they'll bring you in for (laughs) crusader kings 4 and you could be like you know and you can find the one thing you really dislike about the game and just be like no (laughs) no yeah I gotta like, yeah, I, I, um, it's, I do, uh, at times like consulting for places and stuff like that. And I'm all like, so I'm like, come on, mama needs a, another line of income. (laughs) That's right. 
That's right. Oh, all right. Uh, you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. Hello, and welcome back to We're Not So Different, a podcast about how we've always been idiots. My name is Luke. I'm an amateurish historian who uh, learned about uh, agnetic succession from a video game. And as always, I'm joined by Dr. <laughs> Eleanor Yanega, who most certainly did not. Uh, today, as you probably have guessed, we are talking about video games, you know, the, uh, the you know. Video you know, games. Video Everybody games. knows what a video game is. It's that thing that your parents, if you're if you're old like me, that your parents blamed everything on. Oh, it's those damn video games. Like, Tetris, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't have you learning about about blocks and shapes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> before we get there, we have a question from one of our patrons, Arky Who, who asks, "Are there any cool medieval extreme sports?" Okay, so here's the thing. Um, this is a great question, but the answer is pretty much all medieval sports are extreme. <laughs> yes, yes, like that's what I was. Yeah, these hoes wild. Like I, you know. Okay, so like jousting is an extreme sport, right? Like fundamentally, and even before you get to jousting, like what tournaments started out as was essentially melees. Where it would just be like balls to the wall, every man for himself, just going for your head. Like, I mean, people generally weren't killed within them, but it's not like you couldn't get maimed because you absolutely could. Um, and then, like, even sports for commoners, right? Like um, football, where football slash soccer or whatever, what all of it comes from, right? Um, fun fact, the term football comes from the fact that you play it on foot uh, as opposed to being on a horse. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, and it's mostly just people beating the shit out of each other. So, like, original football is a lot more like, say, rugby or American football or even Gaelic um, and Australian rules football than it is like uh, football football. Um, because it was sort of kind of like about a nebula, getting a ball to a nebulous place, but actually it was just about like having a knockdown, drag out brawl. Really, it was just it was just a fight. It was just WrestleMania uh, with a ball in there somewhere. Sometimes, maybe I don't know. Um, so, like, it was really, really intense, right? Like, so you when you're talking about actual football, you're talking about like um, just getting in a giant fight. So, kind of like martial arts. Um, and that's the thing is that a lot of like the sport that we see is martial in character. So you know, like uh, archery. Um, horseback things, stuff like that. But um, people do, you know, for example, ski. Like, uh, you, you get a lot of that, especially in the Nordic countries, stuff, uh, stuff of that nature. And they do a lot of ice skating as well. Um, and that can get pretty hairy depending on what it is you want to do with it. But yeah, they, they're absolutely on that shit. Um, but it's like, in terms of what we count as, I suppose the thing is like, in terms of what we count as medieval sports, it's like, I mean, I don't really know that they were rock climbing or, you know, like they're certainly not bungee jumping or whatever. Um, yeah, like that's that's not what's up. Um, 
but it's it's just more like well they didn't have to go to those extremes because like the regular ass sports were already they <laughs> were already wild enough yeah. that like you could kind of get it going you know yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah i mm-hmm. the first thing i thought about uh when i saw this question was um the sport they play in the northmen mm-hmm. uh which i have looked up again and it's called natalicker natalicker yeah no yeah and it's kind of um, like hurling i think yeah yeah yeah, hur- mm-hmm. yeah it's like hurling and shinty and yeah i mean they almost beat a kid to death and then uh the mountain from game of thrones got killed uh by yeah. alexander sarsgaard so yeah um and from what i could tell that was a pretty realistic recreation mm. of it so yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah, that was what I thought. Like, any sports that are being played are extreme, I guess, except maybe, like, dice or, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. And, they, and they do like to play dice. Uh, like, yeah. dice is a specific thing for them. Um, but, yeah, like, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm remiss because I didn't mention hurling and things of that nature as well, which is <laughs> medieval. Um, you, are, you are absolutely not remiss because I just... Re- my It's something popped into my brain from pop culture. Oh, but I'm like, they're going to come take my Irish passport off me now, so... So, uh, <laughs> like, and then I'm going to get kicked out of Stockholm because I got no business being here. Uh, so, yeah, like, it's it, when that is kind of the thing where that extreme element is presupposed by it being a sport. Kind of, I mean, like, even, you know, hunting is real extreme for them because they're, like, chasing things down with a, on a horse and, you know, and people get killed by boars all the time. Like, that's not an, an incorrect thing. Uh, you know, things things of this nature, right? So, yeah, they they died a lot, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like from a uh, lot of sports. I'm like, I'm I'm wondering now, um, I'm like literally Googling because I wouldn't have known, but hey, here you go. Because I was like, you know, I'm just being really European about it, but I I just thought about to thought about it to myself. And it's like um, surfing is uh, medieval. So we the first uh, surfing references that we find um, date from the 12th century in Polynesia. So there you go. Amazing. And uh, so it's like, yeah, we've got uh, cave paintings from the 12th century that show people riding on waves. So um, like our Islander brethren were out here like living for the stoke in the in the medieval period, which I absolutely love to see. Because I was also re- reminded of the fact that like um, the precursor to bungee jump- jumping uh, is like a... Like it, there, there's a kind of a, a particular thing um, uh, called land diving, where people like from various islands would construct wooden towers and jump off them with tree vines tied around their legs. Um, oh man, that's insanity! Yeah, and <laughs> I don't, shit, and awesome. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, land diving. Uh, it's like it's a Vanuatu thing at the very least. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly when that dates to, but it's you know it's interesting. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is why um, the, you know, New Zealanders are the ones who kind of like, um, who made bungee jumping happen. Because um, the story is that uh, some Maori people were kind of like visiting on Vanuatu, kind of saw that and were like, yeah, fuck yeah, cuzzy bro. Uh, There there you go. That's a Kiwi joke for you. Um, And they kind of like took it back and modernized it eventually. So, yeah. Yeah. and that's why it is funny if you wish to uh, racially profile a Kiwi to ask them if they're bungee jumping somewhere. Like, that's that, that's what's funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, well, if uh, if you want to ask us questions like that, uh, that we will have to answer here on the show, then please subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash WNSDpod. Just $5 a month. Uh, we're recording our uh, part three of our Silmarillion episode on Friday, and uh, it'll be out then. And yeah, the if you want to hear that and the rest of uh, the episodes then please do subscribe. But yeah, on to the main show. So um, since we started the show and the Patreon, one of their most requested topics by listeners has been medievalism in video games, which is something I didn't expect. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I play a lot of video games. Uh, I just didn't think anyone would request anything about this topic for our show, and yet here we are. Uh, Shows what I know, huh? Uh, What's more, Eleanor is actually speaking at uh, at Paradox Interactive's PDXCon in Stockholm this week to give a talk about uh, the portrayal of the Middle Ages uh, in video games, particularly uh, Paradox games like the Crusader Kings series. Uh, so what better time than now to dive into the topic here on the show? I'll provide uh, some info on the games we discuss as we go along in case you're interested in checking them out for yourself. Uh, for those of you who aren't terribly familiar with video games, I'll try to briefly explain what some of the terms of art mean that we're going to use here. Uh, and lastly, we probably won't get to all these games today, uh, <laughs> so we'll likely have have another episode on it next time uh yeah so um yeah let's just get into it eleanor uh you're in stockholm you're i am talk about uh, crusader kings hell yeah uh crusader kings is uh is a series of grand strategy games published by paradox interactive the most recent release is uh, crusader kings 3 from 2021 grand strategy games in case you're unfamiliar are just where you play uh a long you play a long series timeline uh from you know in this case either from like 1066 to 1453 or i think 858 something to to 1453 and yeah you just play it out you play your timeline out your you know your leaders live and die and you make decisions based on what they do etc etc so yeah this is basically uh medievalism the game uh why does it why does it work for you like that instead of you know kind of being like an eye-rolling mess i guess uh, it's like a good question. Um, and essentially, one of the things that I like the most about it is that it really treats the Middle Ages as um, an Afro-Eurasian phenomenon, right? So I like the fact that it's like, you look at the map and it's like, yep, here's North Africa. Here's like, you know, everything all the way over to Japan. Here are all these different places. And uh, they are all part of an interconnected whole, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, like, one of the things, you know, and, and of course, my work could be said to be guilty of kind of, you know, uh, like cementing this. But one of the things that is a kind of a problem with the way that we think about the Middle Ages is that people think that it, you know, the only place in the entire world is Europe, right? And I'm a Europeanist and, you know... I, I kind of think, I think it's kind of fair to say that as well, because, you know, the concept of the Middle Ages, right, is kind of European, because it's, you know, saying, like, after Rome, you know, before the fall of Constantinople, right? So mm-hmm. that's, so it is kind of European, right? Because, like, I, I'm telling you what, they do not care about that over, you know, in what is now India, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the medieval world is a lot more interconnected than that. And in a lot of ways, it's super helpful to just present the fact that, you know, I don't know that like Transoxania exists 
that you yeah. know that that like the great liao's exist um like it's really nice to kind of see even within that also uh, like you know for for me a big thing is how they have like so many turkic uh groups and they they really do a great job of kind of uh, differentiating all the turkic groups um my mate sinan who um i play uh crusader kings with him on his twitch screen once a month which is very very fun um, and he is, uh, he is Turkish. And so he's always like pronouncing all of the names correctly for me, which I'm always fucking up. Right. But, um, like, you know, to see someone just kind of like talk about like the Kimek is, is really, really useful. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, especially I think, um, kind of looking at Africa, it's really useful because people tend to treat Africa as though it's kind of like a new, it's a new invention or something when um, actually, especially what we're talking about is like um, Northern Africa. So like, you know, obviously um, like the Saharan Africa, I'm not, I'm not talking about sub-Saharan Africa where uh, Europeans don't have a great idea about that. Sub-Saharan Africa, very, very well connected to Asia, incidentally, uh, less so to Europe because um, it's easier to get in a boat than to cross the Sahara. Uh, with a lot of stuff. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so there's there's kind of like that, right? Um, and so I think that, like, showing, like, the Ghanaian Empire or, like, you know, where the Fatimids get to. Um, people like, you know, like, um, Namibia is, is, is really important within these things. And I think it's really, really cool to show all that, okay? So I think that that's, that's brilliant. Um, and also, you know, just even on a European context, what Crusader Kings does really well is it understands the kind of cultural distinctions within Europe itself. Because it's like one of the one of the frustrating things about medieval history, even in a European context, you know, that I'm always complaining about is that people act like there were kind of two places, which are England and France, right? And it's like, no, bro. Like, England's not even important. Oh, my God. Like, I, f I fucking knock it off, right? Um, and so, you know, you can be forgiven for kind of forgetting that the rest of Europe is even there sometimes. And so what Crusader Kings does is gives you an opportunity to be like, oh, well, here's all these different places. Um, I think that Crusader Kings is really great for uh, dismantling myths about the Holy Roman Empire. <laughs> right? Because it's yeah. like, once you kind of, like, play... Crusader Kings for a while, you go, oh, actually, no, it's totally possible for you to be ruling all these other places, right? Mm -hmm. That, um, that, you know, well, the, yeah, okay, so they're your vassals, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, maybe you have a, like, I, I played a, I played a, a series of, of runs with Sinan where first we made a very, very big Bohemia, uh, and then uh, we made a fucking big ass Bohemia too, homie. It went all the way from like uh, the North Sea down to the Adriatic and the Mediterranean. We had like three coastlines. We made mm -hmm. everyone be Czech. <laughs> like we Czechified all those motherfuckers. I was like, they're speaking Czech in Rome right now. God damn it. And things, things of this nature. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, what it kind of shows is that, that that's not always the way that things work and culture doesn't always have to work in that same way. And that's a really modern phenomenon of mm -hmm. kind of like imperialism to think that like, oh, well, you have to have someone adopt your culture wholesale yeah. in order for you to control them politically. And Crusader Kings brings that to the forefront. So, you know, I think that there's all these really important lessons um, in there. Um, you know, none the least of which is that humans are complicated as well. Um, like it's, I'm now playing the new extension. We're doing, um, well, we were doing one where we were playing as Ireland and we were trying to, we're, we're trying to stop England from forming, mm -hmm. uh, which <laughs> it's going so, so, uh, but we, we stopped to go play in Iberia when the new Iberian expansion came out. 
Mm. Um, and that's really cool because it really does a good job of kind of understanding what the situation on the Iberian Peninsula is. So it's got kind of like varying goals where you're sort of like you try to kind of, you know, take over the peninsula and then you kind of try to do some like revenge on the French <laughs> and like take back Aquitaine and stuff. So it's really neat because it kind of, um, it shows that, that there is this kind of like understanding um, of what the kind of political landscape is there. But one of the things you learn really well is that if you play the game, it's like, well, Al-Andalus is not like Rome. And it is not like, uh, you know, Dithmarschen, which mm -hmm. I, I wonder if you could play as Dithmarschen now. I don't think so. The We, we talked about Dithmarschen a little bit. That was the um, Peasants' Republic that kind of started in Denmark. Or did I just write an article about it? Anyway... A bitch is going on. Sorry. Uh, so, but, but the point is, like, you, you, but you do get things like that, right? You get peasants' revolts. And you'll be like, uh-oh, the peasants are back, you know, and, and things of this nature. So it shows the Middle Ages as this really kind of, like, messy, complex place. And mm -hmm. it's that kind of complexity that it introduces that is really, really useful. Um, instead of kind of saying, oh, well, everything is just this one flat thing where some, you know, kings in England fight with other kings and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it's on there, uh, Dith Marcia. Um, at least yeah. if it is, I can't really tell. Uh, but um, yeah, it, there's a lot. I'm looking at the map right now, the the like official game map, uh, and it's pretty insanely detailed. Like you've got most of Northern Africa on there, uh, as far as those kingdoms go. The Middle East, all of Europe, uh, you know parts of russia that are i guess that were i guess settled at the time all the way over to uh i don't know getting towards china i don't know i don't know why they didn't really include china and japan in the initial release but uh you know i think they're there anymore if i'm not mistaken but i might be mistaken so. yeah i don't yeah I, don't. I, haven't, I haven't played the east yet uh to be yeah. honest I'm, I'm still kind of like dicking around in europe although i really kind of want to be a mongolian horde yeah, that so yeah, yeah that seems pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because of my great love and respect for Temujin. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so you know we uh, we talked about it. You know, we've talked a little bit about it. Um, you know, and there are like the silly or goofy things that come up in the game, uh, but you know, those things aside, what does the game get right about medieval dynasties, hmm. court intrigue, and like how, you know, the dynastic and political intrigue that comes along with that? So one of the things I really like about the game is how you learn various concepts uh, for like a dynastic uh, succession, mm -hmm. right? So like when, you know, at the, when you first start playing the game and you basically have to be like a Carolingian, right? And like mm -hmm. to parse your kingdom up and you're sitting there going, oh, fuck, am I just going to kill one of my sons? Like, I don't know, <laughs> like this, this is going to be, this is going to be a real issue for me. Um as opposed to, you know, this idea where it's just like, oh, there's always this easy succession. It's always one king to another. Granted, you know, we don't always think that that's easy. But, you know, just the idea that it's like one king to his son and then this is the way that it always shall be. Um, you know, so kind of learning about primogeniture in the game is, you know, that's something that's really well displayed. And I, I like that a lot. Um, and beyond that as well, one of the things that it really allows for is this kind of like unfolding right so it doesn't present you know this this timeline where you're playing i guess 700 years or so it doesn't present it as the same you learn new things 
right? So it's like, oh, here's this new idea. Oh, here's this new religious idea. Here is um, a new scientific idea. Um, you know, thing, things like that. So, you know, you'll get new things at court or, you know, you can get a new book about something. Um, and that's another thing that I really dig about it is how... Um, Especially now with these the new kind of like court expansions, the court expansions whip. They're really really good. Um, I'm sure that I'm super annoying actually to play Crusader Kings with because is always like, oh um, yeah, so okay, we're gonna like vassalize all these people, and I'm like, let's hold court. I want to hold court, you know, and but the, you know, at, at court you get to do things like commission books, and then you know those kind of like get passed down, or you know we've commissioned tapestries, things like mm -hmm. that, and that's really really cool, or. Um, we just had a really cool thing where we commissioned a woman who wanted to go, um, she wanted to go on a, like a travel thing and like write a memoir about it. And then she was like, I'll bring you back something nice. And she brought us back a polar bear skull from Norway from like a dread polar bear that she killed herself and brought us back the skull. And we were like, hell yeah, that whips. <laughs> and like, but that, that was a really cool thing too. Because, the cord is pleased. Yeah, we're like, put that shit on the wall. That's my bear skull. <laughs> and like, so, uh, you know, and, but that's what's really cool, right? Because it shows how there is this interconnection even between Al-Andalus and Norway. Right. Which is, you know, nominally a pretty far way away from each other in the medieval world. I mean, but not by boat. Right. And, then, you know, off she goes and she comes back. And she brings these things. And again, like showing a woman doing that really transgressive in terms of what society's idea of who medieval people are is. Because, you know, women absolutely did travel. They did move around. And that's also um, a thing that I think is good where it's like, yeah, like sometimes you do end up being a queen. Like, um one of my most successful uh, plays of all time my thick bohemia we had this huge uh this huge run as a queen yitka of bohemia and yitka was an absolute baller lived into her 90s um was an alcoholic who was having several affairs and once someone tried to blackmail her because she was having an affair and we were like no and we put him in jail <laughs> and it was really good and like no one ever came to stop us right so but that's useful too because i think that um there's this kind of predisposal to think about the medieval period as, you know, overtly religious because, you know, pe people really were mm -hmm. be being Catholic. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that they weren't, but, you know, there's this tendency for people to believe that, yeah, but people in the medieval period did everything right. Whereas, like, mm -hmm. now there's kind of like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge about Catholics. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, okay, but you're not really doing it all. But for some reason, if you put it in the medieval period, everyone is like, oh, yeah, for sure. And they were all definitely, like, not fucking on Sunday. And, yeah. like, you know, they're, they're definitely following all the rules. And it's like, no one was following the rules. <laughs> like, half uh, the reason yeah. the rules were in place was so that the church could be like, hey, now, you know, add a king yeah. who's pissing them off, right? Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Come on yeah. now. What are you doing here, guys? Come on. <laughs> exactly, right? So it's like... All of these things are, are really useful in terms of kind of, um, I suppose, confusing the message of the Middle Ages, like complicating it. Um, and Crusader Kings does a great job of that. And, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, I guess, for it to be useful. Because as long as people start going, oh, well, you know, things could really depend based on who the ruler is. You know, like maybe one thing is true at one time, maybe it's not at another time. Or like... 
um, oh, you know, even just kind of like learning that a crusade isn't always effective is, yeah. a, is a really useful thing. Um, you know, like, or, you know, hey, how did these, like, Turks get into Poland sometimes and, and places like that? You know, like, you might suddenly have, like, uh, like a big, like, Karknid horde who were, like, bedded down mm-hmm. somewhere. And it's like, you know, that doesn't necessarily happen, but it wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, like, getting people to kind of, like, think about different possibilities and realize that, like, I suppose, that like, ultimately the thing I like the most about Crusader Kings is that it shows that the history, like, the timeline we're on wasn't inevitable. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. there there are varying, there are always hinge points. There are always things about um, individuals or societies or the way things are taken up that mm-hmm. mean things turn out a certain way. And it could have just easily gone the other way, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's uh, it's it's fun to see, you know, like, oh, we could have had a, we could have had a completely different, you know, this king could have died early or, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, their queen died and they didn't get an heir, you know. And yeah. That yeah, just yeah, yeah. Could, yeah. And then it's just a cascade fall of, you know uh of of alternate uh reality decisions yeah and i mean i think to me like if i if i was a if i was a medieval historian like it just seems like the playground like very few video games give you the ability to like p- use it as a playground mm-hmm. of like the non-war stuff and, yeah. and we're going to talk about the war uh the strategy war games here in a second but this like gives gives you the ability to like okay this is a lot of it's happening in court you know most mm-hmm. of it is and you're looking at the map sometimes you're moving you know you're moving your 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 armies around but you know most of it is like okay the king is making this decision with the counselors and you have to replace it you know and, mm-hmm. and yeah it just seems like a like a playground for a playground or a, a sandlot for a medievalist um totally but, yeah yeah but you know for this question, I just want you to put on, you know, your uh, your dour history. <laughs> okay, all right. And, you know, yeah, um, it never. Far is there away. anything? Any are there any aspects of the game that you know you kind of dislike, or you think they didn't? They they maybe didn't do as great from mm. from a strictly like medieval historian perspective. Um, that's a good question. Um, and I mean, if there aren't any, that's fine. Like I, you know, I don't. Well, I, I mean, I, I just I, think I just think up the questions, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I guess that it's like the, there are times when it's just sort of like you know randomly, it's like oh uh, yeah, they got agnetic agnetic succession, yeah, boom, done, you know, like things like that. Where, but he, it's not really the fault of the game itself, though. It's the nature of the game, or of like any game, is that at some point in time there is going to have to be some form of characteristic that's fixed, and so it's good to make that complex and say, okay, well the Basques have agnetic succession. There, there, boom. Like, what, what you think about that? You know, um, and that is a good and useful thing. But on the same time, well, it's not true, is it, homie? And there's kind of, you know, like, um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm just kind of like uh, thinking about my own biases because I tend to say, you know, for example, we, I've said this before when we talk about movies, that like actually the, the trouble that we have more often um, as historians with movies is when people think they're historical, where they're kind of like putting it on that they're historically accurate and they're not. Like we've got more of a problem with Braveheart than we do with A Knight's Tale, right? Because Braveheart pretends to be historically accurate and it absolutely fucking is not. Whereas A Knight's Tale is just like, hey, here's Heath Ledger. 
Yeah, everybody likes these guys. Yeah, these are, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah, let's put let's put a medieval gloss over like a buddy a buddy comedy. And, exactly. Yeah, and let's yeah. have a party. Yeah. Yeah, and like we like that, right? And so the yeah. the, the trouble it's it's almost kind of like a the 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 trouble here is almost um, the success that Crusader Kings does have, which is that it seems so complex and there are so many different options and there there is this complex aspect to it, but that can lead people into thinking that, yeah, this is definitely true, if they're not careful. Um, whereas the, it's better to kind of like, uh, you know, say, oh, wow, look at all these complexities and these possibilities. Um, and these are probably based on something true. But that doesn't make them true, true. Do you know what I mean? And, but at the same time, I, I don't really know that, like, we, we need everything to be exactly perfect because, you yeah. know, truth, yeah. truth is such a subjective yeah. idea. Yeah, and that, I mean, right? yeah, it's it's a purposefully, like, kind of, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, just, just a... It's, it's a purposefully, like, oblique kind of question because, like, mm. I mean, they had, like... You can't you can't make something like the succession as fluid as it really was in real life with the way that video games are made. Like, I mean, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you could, but I think you would have to rework the game from the bottom up. Like England didn't get its current succession until, you know, like much later you know it wasn't yeah, cut yeah. and dried in 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 866 or even 1066 um you know but at the same time like if you you know if you're like okay like you know we change you know we have this succession you know mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. can you can change it, it you, there might be consequences for changing it but you know you can try and change it which is something you know that that happened in real life and i mean that's how we got where we are today but um you know, yeah, I mean, like you, like you said, like it, it's a, it's a function of how the game is and how the game is designed. And, you know, it, it's not, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that hard and fast in real life, but at the same time, you know, who cares? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it's fun and people like it. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, anything else before we, before we move on here, anything else like that you want to say about like Crusader Kings and just why you're really into it? I mean, I think you already kind of hit the nail on the head in that it is this kind of, it, it's a great playground for the what if, right? So, you know, and you can kind of tell, you know, everyone who's listening can already tell, you know, I already, I'm talking about like all these things which are my special pet things that I like. So I made a big Bohemia. Another time I made a Moravia where I was like, no, we are not converting to Christianity and I want to get Slavyanska Pravda like moved around and, um, or, you know, playing as Ireland or playing as Al Andalus or, you know, it's, it, it's an ability to do these things that I really kind of care about or to really follow my particular little pets um, down these avenues and being like, well, what, you know, what if the cultures that I'm really into do really, really well? What happens then? And um, I think that's a really, it's really kind of relaxing uh, for me. And at the same time, it's just, it's just fun because it, it taps into, you know, all the stuff that I work with all the time, but lets me, it, it lets me kind of, um, put the things that I love at the forefront mm-hmm. instead of always kind of like waiting around for everyone else to admit that Czech people used to exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's Crusader Kings three. Um, if you are interested, it is on PC as well as PS five and Xbox one, though I can't imagine playing 
a game like that or any of the games we're going to discuss today on a console uh, because there's just too much uh, to deal with and I think you need a keyboard for that but that's just personal preference so you do you. Um, next up is uh, the Age of Empire series which is a real-time strategy game published by Xbox Game Studios and their most recent release is Age of Empires 4 from 2021. Real-time strategy games are basically just you control an army in the field. You usually have a leader. The leader, because of how video games are, the leader has like special abilities. Like, you know, they, they have like a special battle cry that, that gives the army uh, damage buff or something like that. Um, and you control them. And in this case, uh, Age of Empires allows uh, you to control armies and leaders from real worlds. Uh, and in this case, it's uh, battles from the medieval era. Um, when Age of Empires 4 released, it came with four campaigns, the Norman Conquest, the Hundred Years' War, the Mongol Empire, and the rise of uh, the Russian Empire and the Rus. Um, yeah, and the player could choose from eight civilizations and run the campaigns. And basically, you know, it's, as Eleanor would say, it, you know, it's what it does on the tin. You know, you get the Norman Conquest and mm -hmm. you choose, do you want to be the invaders or do you want to be the... Um, I forget exactly which uh, which people <laughs> they were before that. I'm not going to say Anglo-Saxons; they'll get in trouble. Uh, do you or do you want to be the the defenders of Britain? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and you just take them out in the field, and you can play as uh, um, William the Conqueror or you know whoever, and you and you lead your people. Have you ever done anything or seen the Age of Empires series? Yeah, 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 yeah. Age of Empires is one of the ones. So it's like um, I've played Age of Empires and I've played Civilizations. Um, yeah. Other than CK3. And it's like, mm. and I hate saying this because I sound like the nerd ass nerd I am. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> ah, Jesus, you know, like, you know, got my ass, got my ass, right? Like, it's exactly who you, you think uh, would yeah. be doing it. So um, in particular with Age of Empires, um, I've played um, as the Mongols um the normans um you know the, the things of this nature you know like yeah. uh yeah like so uh attempting to kind of like uh, do that but yeah so i i like um so uh video games and uh reasons i like them uh and one of the reasons why i like these real-time strategy games is so um we didn't when i was growing up because uh, we were broke as hell shout out to working class childhood uh, we didn't really um, have uh, video games of any description. Like, it wasn't until uni that um, my family got a computer. Uh, mm. So I missed out on a lot of playing video games. But I liked to watch other people play them. Mm -hmm. And um, my, uh, my first great love, uh, he was really into playing, um, uh, what, is it Starcraft? Oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, and and so you're like, yeah, hell yeah, like shout out '97 or whatever the hell. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so like, which kind of like got me, got me to think kind of in that mindset a bit. And then mm -hmm. when I was all like Age of Empires, I was like, yeah, but it answers the question: What if a real time strategy game was good? <laughs> Well, I don't have anything to say about that uh, because <laughs> real time strategy games aren't my favorite. Um, you know, I don't know why. Just uh, what are your favorite nothing. out of interest? Uh, I think like open world RPGs are okay. usually good. I love uh, 4X games like Civ and Stellaris. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I fucking love them. Uh, and like for other strategy games, like the XCOM games, where like instead of controlling whole armies, you control like individuals and like you're on like a field. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's way different. Yeah, that's probably what I like the most. Uh, yeah, I used to play a lot of Halo. 
used to play a lot of FPS, FPS, but now I'm too old and don't have the fast switch muscles for that shit anymore. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. play these single player games. You people leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, Age of Empires, um, you know, it, it's, you know, you just take it and you go through, you have your campaign and, and mm-hmm. the campaigns, you know, you fight through a certain number of battles and, you know, you can you, you know, can you change history and, and, you know, stop the Norman conquest or, you know, have England win the Hundred Years War and have them still have part of Calais for some reason, uh, you know, just have a little nub on the, on the continent. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the next in this series, um, of real time strategy games is the total war series. Uh, and these are published by Sega and their most recent medieval specific release is total wars, thrones of Britannia from 2018, though they released a work, a Warhammer game, uh, earlier this year, which, uh, you know, Warhammer has its own medievalisms. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's for someone else to discuss because I don't know Warhammer that well, uh, <laughs> like some people do. Yeah. So much like Age of Empires, the Total War series is a, a real-time strategy game that allows players to control leaders and nations uh, through events in real-world uh, eras. Uh, for example, in 2006's Medieval 2 Total War, uh, it allowed players to play as you know uh, nations like the Mongols and do the Mongol invasion, uh, go through the reign of Henry III of England, and even the Age of Discovery, even though that is outside the medieval era and we are sickened utterly sickened by its inclusion um medieval 2 is considered one of the best games in the long-running total war series most recent entry thrones of britannia allows players to lead or defend the great heathen army that invaded britain in 878 ad though that game uh did not receive really good reviews for various reasons that i don't understand because uh total war is not my thing though the games are supposedly great and people do love them but something I do know about, a lot about, is Sid Meier's Civilization series, which are 4X games, and the 4Xs are Explore, Expand, Exploit, and Exterminate. And these games are published by 2K Games, and the most recent release is Civ 6 from 2016. Uh, in the game, you control more than 50 leaders who represent certain civilizations throughout history and have, you know... Uh, unique units and and abilities based on them uh these from the medieval leaders include uh the polish leader jadwiga uh harold hadrada eleanor of aquitaine who actually controls two nations uh you can switch you can choose one or the other and kublai khan does does as well even though he cannot decree stately pleasure domes um in one of the the all-time blows to me because i really like making that joke um in instead so civ is different instead of controlling through certain eras uh or playing like with uh with crusader kings 3 where you play from you know Mm -hmm. 1066 to 1453 you basically you know control from the foundations of the first cities of civilizations and all the way through until you go to space or kill everyone or convert everyone to your religion or whatever the hell way you choose to win and so it's more or less like you know you just have uh this flavor of civilization and you have this leader who never dies um and you just control it and you keep going and you find new stuff on the map. Um, and some people don't like that because they're like, oh, it's not realistic. And I'm like, that's great. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's important in not yeah. caring, you know. This, yeah. This fake map, cool. <laughs> you know, I just want to <laughs> stick some people on here and see uh, see what happens. See which ways the AI finds to annoy the shit out of me this time. Yeah, so you, you said you played Civ a little. Yeah, yeah, I played Civ a little. Um, and I think, like, especially, like, even really old ones. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like I'm talking about, like, playing Civ in, like, uni and stuff in, like, 202. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. Uh, so, like, the, this was, like, a popular stoner sport. 
yes. while I was at uni. So because still is still, still is. is yeah because it's like um, what I like about it is that kind of uh, the, the slow unfoldingness yeah. of it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I I suppose that like my only critique of the Civ series, which I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the whole, uh, I guess my my only trouble with the Civ series is it does kind of boil down to like it's good when Empire. Yep, yep. And I'm a like, yeah. mm, but is it? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it like yeah, the game is basically like an Empire sim in all ways. Like even if you're gonna play peaceful, it's still an Empire sim. Mm-hmm, a sim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're you're going out and you're exploring territory yeah. and you're gonna stake your claim to it and you're gonna you know like and, and by the end like all the territory in the world is usually claimed by nations or city states and there's very little that's just left completely open unless it's like you know completely flat desert or uh, you know like uh, the snow caps or whatever. So, uh, but at the same time, um, yeah, I just, it's really, really fun to just get high and yeah. goof off on one of these maps for a long time. And like, like uh, I'm such a sucker for a map, mate. Like yep. that's like, seriously, like that's how they get me every time. It's like mm-hmm. the minute there's a map, I'm like, Oh sweet. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, um, like, Oh man, I could find new stuff on this map. Oh, uh, and, like, and I'll just go through <laughs> and like arbitrarily like, throw them out and be like i don't like this one because i don't like it like mm-hmm. i don't know why like it, i don't like this one i don't like this one i don't like this one and then i'll find one and i'll just play like an entire game because i like the way the map is mm-hmm. and yeah it's awesome i mean there there are other like medieval characteristics in the civ games like you play through a tech tree and a culture tree and you know you pick up things you know, from different points in history. So you unlock, you know, crossbows mm-hmm. uh, and you unlock, uh, you know, pit, uh, you know, flintlock guns and all that sort of shit. Or, yeah, or yeah, you yeah. unlock different, you know, cultural discoveries. And, and, and so, you know, and the game is divided into eras. So you start in the ancient era and then classical and then medieval and then renaissance and blah, blah. And, and you know, so like, you know, you can obviously quibble with a lot of this stuff. But at the same time, you know. If you're coming to Civ to learn like real things about you know like yeah <laughs> who yeah, yeah, yeah. or or Eleanor of Aquitaine are like I don't know man you're probably barking up the wrong tree at that point though mm-hmm. so, you know it is cool to just be like oh this person I don't know anything about them so I'll go you know look them up and you're like oh okay well I see where they got that trait you know like Eleanor of Aquitaine has this thing where she exerts like insane. Uh, diplomatic pressure on nearby that's right civs and cities <laughs> to like bring them into her empire and you read it you're like oh okay that's cool like yeah i get yeah like, I, you know you find where you get it and obviously like a lot of it is very uh you know like uh, it, ha- it has to be boiled down into a game mechanic so it can't be you know like uh, eleanor you know it can't be like this person used you know extreme debate or whatever you know mm-hmm. they just have this ability that brings stuff in you know but I also don't care. <laughs> so I love it. So yeah. Uh that's the Civ, the Civ games. Um and they are much fun to me. Uh the last three game series that we've mentioned, Age of Empires, Total War, and the Civ series, are all on PC. I think they're on other stuff as well, but again, I just and I can't see uh playing that on a console. Mm-hmm. Uh but that's just me. So yeah, that uh I think that's gonna about do it for today. We of course have a bunch of other games to talk about. Games, uh, games, games. Yeah, there's <laughs> Witcher. You know the Witcher games, uh, Skyrim, obviously, Assassin's Creed. Uh, with its, uh, you know, its its understanding of history is always fun. Yeah. And uh, other games like Thief and Kingdom Come, Kingdom Come Deliverance. So yeah, um, 
we'll talk about those next time um in the meantime you know thank you so much for listening eleanor uh where can the people find you and uh where can the people find out about your uh speech here if they happen to be in stockholm yeah if you happen to be at stockholm come on down tomorrow guys it's um a pdx con um we are i'm on at one tomorrow Mm -hmm. I, i believe the time is um and uh you can get tickets online uh just to search pdxcon uh, mm-hmm. 2022 and uh watch me butcher some swedish which i don't speak it's at the minchen brigitte uh convention center tomorrow kind of like near the Staatsmuseet and stuff like that so uh, easy to get to if you're in stockholm um and if you play paradox games and things of that nature i think it would uh really be worth your time and also you can come hang out with me and that'd be nice because I don't fucking know anyone. So, hey. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you happen to be in Tallahassee, Florida, you can uh, come knock on my door and we can hang out. Uh, maybe. Please don't do that unless you clear it first if you happen to know where I live, which is even weirder. I don't even know why I got down this rabbit hole. Anyway, listen to my old podcast, The People's History Door Republic. about Star. It's about Star Wars. You can find it wherever you listen to this. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Luke is amazing. Um, Yeah. So again, thank you so very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.